Hey everybody, this is Kaysen, and welcome back to another episode of Hey Kids, This is Titans Talk with Kaysen, a very official Tennessee Titans podcast. Joining me today, as always, my co-host, my mom. That's me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I act like I haven't seen you all day, but really, in truth, we have been together 24-7 since it was Snowmageddon starting when? Saturday? Sunday? Uh, Sunday, Sunday morning? Yeah. Yeah. We have huge amounts of snow around yeah, here. Yeah, the flakes were pretty big on yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, it was crazy. And we, it's just finally starting to melt. It's two days later. Okay. But here we are. Nobody wants to hear us talk about the snow. They're here to listen to us talk about our favorite team in the whole wide world, the Tennessee Titans. Yes. And what's coming up this week on Saturday? So What is it? We're, we're playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Divisional Round at Nissan Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a great one. The fans are going to be loud. I believe it's sold out. The yeah. game, it's sold out. It's been sold out for almost two weeks, I think. Yeah. It's crazy. That's how passionate this fan base is. They really want this team to win. They want they want them to just be successful. And that's just one of the major things with uh, with the fan base in Nashville is that they – they they really want their team to do well because honestly we Tennessee hasn't had a champion so why don't we have the Titans be number one, and have the other two teams in Tennessee be the other ones? Yeah, and you are speaking of the other two teams, which are the the Nashville Predators and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, those two teams are also uh, really on fire right now. I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of their games in the off season. Mm-hmm. Super excited for the future of Tennessee sports, but right now we're going to be focusing on. Uh, I know there's a lot of hype right now with the Titans in the AFC Divisional, but you still have two more games to play. Mm-hmm. Like, if you still have one more game to play before you're talking AFC Championship. So, yes. uh, we can talk AFC Championship after we, af- after this game on Saturday, depending on the outcome, but you have one more game to get through, and it's a big one against this Bengals offense that just tore up this rate that tore up the Raiders in a close a very close game in Cincinnati, their first uh, playoff win in 31 years. 31 that. years. Yeah. That That's something. It is. And then you're also thinking, too, it's our first run to the AFC. Well, we were first in the division for the first time since 2008. You mean, you mean first in the uh, conference? Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's definitely is a big advantage because it seems like you've already you already have a playoff game one. You didn't even have to play it, so mm-hmm. that's that's something really cool. That is, and so we enjoyed our bye week. We're hoping that the team was able to enjoy theirs and get some rest. I'm sure a lot of them are watching the game, kind of uh, checking out what the competition might be like, and then they got right back to it today. Yeah. So this is our divisional round episode, and we were able to have not one, but two conversations in this episode. So it's kind of a bonus sort of thing. But yeah, we were able to sit down with Mr. Jim Wyatt today and talk all things divisional playoff game for, for this coming Saturday. We were also able to sit down with the very famous punter, whose kick is known around the world, in my opinion. Yeah. Mr. Brett Kern. Yeah. That was so That's awesome. something crazy to say. Yeah. And it is. It's crazy. But good. 
Yeah. Yeah, we were really lucky that he was able to take some time out of his schedule today. They were at practice, and he was in between meetings while he was able to get a conversation in with us. So we think you're going to enjoy both of these. But before we get into those conversations, why don't you share with us a cool little bit of Titans trivia that is um, pretty interesting fact for this coming Sunday. Yeah. Or I want to say Sunday, but it's Saturday. Yeah. This coming Saturday's game. This is from Justin M. of Broadway Sports on Twitter. A crazy fact that Titans versus Bengals divisional game will contain seven players from LSU's 2019 championship team. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Christian Fulton, Tori Carter, Racy McMath, Tyler Shelvin, and Thaddeus Moss. And a fun fact that that I remember is that Thaddeus Moss is Randy Moss's son. Which that is pretty cool. And it doesn't seem like he's old enough to have a son that plays in the NFL, but <laughs> maybe so. Well, we'll have to see just how all of those former teammates, how it all shakes out. But we really think it's going to go in the Titans' favor. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. Well, game day information for those who are in uh, the area who will be able to attend the game at Nissan Stadium. The gate giveaway is a Tennessee Tough blanket for the first 20,000 fans and rally towels for every fan coming in. Yeah, we I love, love the rally towels. I love rally towels. At, um, they just make games a lot more fun. Like at, if you go to a Titans game, the rally towels are really cool. If you go to a Preds game, Grizzlies game, they're all really fun, especially in Nashville. Oh, so. totally. Yeah, it it takes it to another level. Yeah. And the honorary 12th Titan is none other than Jarrell Casey. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I know. They retired him a Titan for life at the beginning of the year, correct? I believe so. Yeah, he was with the Broncos. For one the, season. Yeah, for one game. Mm-hmm. And he heard, unfortunately, he got hurt against yeah. Pittsburgh, so... Uh, that was really sad, but it's awesome that he ended his career Titan. Yes. And the national anthem is going to be sung by Little Big Town, and the halftime performance oh, nice. is Jimmy Allen. Ooh. I know. They really uh, they really got the flair going on. Yeah, totally. Well, you can learn more about game day information on TennesseeTitans.com and look for the Game Center tab under the very top. But before we go over to Mr. Jim's conversation about all things divisional game playoff, we want to give a shout out to the other Titans Podcast Network shows that are amazing yeah. and filled with fantastic content right now. The OTP with Mike Keith and Titans Amy, Amy Wells. They are having a OTP daily show where you can catch all things Titans every day until the game and also, you can check out Titans Amy and Coach Mac show with the very famous Coach Dave McGinnis. And, and be sure Amy Wells. And Amy Wells, exactly. And be sure to check out Out of Bounds with Jamie Robinson and Abby Flitner. And that Jamie Robinson, yes, that is J-Rob, our general manager, his lovely and beautiful and talented wife, Jamie Robinson, and the equally as talented and lovely Abby Flitner. So be sure to check out their shows. And now we hope that you enjoy our conversation with Jim Wyatt. All right. So we are here with 
uh, TennesseeTitans.com um, reporter, Mr. Jim Wyatt. And Friend of the pod, as we yes. always refer to you on our show. And of course, we would be, it wouldn't be a proper op- uh, intro unless we did this. <laughs> I like it. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. A big week this week for the Titans. We are going to face the Cincinnati Bengals here in Nashville for the AFC Divisional Round. And we're here with Mr. Jim White to kind of talk playoffs and how everything is going to work out in the playoff picture. So take it away, Mr. Jim. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting week. I mean, I know Titans fans are excited. I know the team's excited. You know, by by getting the number one seed, you're you're pretty much, it's like winning a playoff game and you don't have to play. You You get healed up. You know, you can kind of let other teams beat up on one another. Uh, and now the Titans know who they'll play. And they got a good Bengals team coming here on Saturday, a team that, that uh, you know, can throw it all over the field with their quarterback. You know, Burrow is a heck, it's a stud. And then they've got great receivers, Chase to Higgins to Boyd, got a good running back in Mixon. So, um, I mean, it's a big challenge for the Titans, but uh, it's a healthy team now, you know, getting players back. Uh, going to have home field advantage. Uh, so I like the Titans spot here. Just got to go take care of business and not make uh, mistakes. Yeah. And this, this defense definitely uh, needs to have a good game against this offense. Uh, as you said, Joe Burrow, he's just been having a career year this year. Um, he's only, only his second year in the league mm-hmm. and he's taken this Bengals team to the divisional rounds. And obviously with the help of Jamar chase and, uh, and Tyler Boyd, uh, and Joe Mixon just getting it, things done in the in the air and on the ground. Uh, I think that this defense really needs to um, get after Burrow and uh, just just uh, make just make things hard on him. And the receivers they need to really need to lock up Jamar Chase and this entire um, Cincinnati receiving core because they've been a really good team all year. And I just think that in order for us to really come away with this win, this defense needs to have a good game. Yeah, and that didn't happen when the Titans played the Bengals last yeah. year in Cincinnati back November the 1st. I mean, they let Burroughs sit back there and just kind of pick them apart and did whatever he wanted to do. And uh, it was a, it was an embarrassing loss because that was a bad Bengals team and a Titans team that really was not supposed to have a letdown in a game like that. Things are different now. I mean, the Titans are better, the Bengals are better. But um, I, I do th- agree that uh, you know, one of the big keys to the game is to try to make him uncomfortable. And if you let him sit back there, he'll pick you apart. So they've got to get some pressure on him up the middle. They got to come from the edges. They've got to make uh, it tough, tough on those receivers, uh, and not just kind of let them run free. Uh, I think that's one of the bigger keys to the game, and put them in third and long situations. So you mentioned mix them. I mean, if, if they got to stop the run too, because if you stop the run sack the quarterback, get him in third and longs, and that's your best chance to maybe, uh, you know, force some mistakes, put some pressure on them, and uh, and really get the crowd juiced up. Well, not, and not they, to, they've been doing a really good job. <laughs> Sorry, wait. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, and not to mention, it's a, you know, you mentioned the, their offense was great, but our defense is now, oh my goodness, it's a totally different defense than what we had last year. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about stopping the run and really locking up the, uh, locking up the quarterback into an uncomfortable position. They've really been doing well at that this year. They, they've been a lot better. Um, They've had a lot more sacks than they did last year with uh, last year. They had 19 this year. They had, uh, I think it's 46 or something like that. 
Yeah. And it's not just one guy. I mean, that's the key is you've got Jeffrey Simmons and you got Danico Autry, you got Harold Landry, and we haven't really Dupree. Pretty, uh, much, you know, it, we've seen him in stretches, but we haven't really seen a completely healthy Bud Dupree. When he plays, he's a difference maker. So you've got all those guys in uh, with an improved secondary. I know those two work hand in hand, but uh, I, I think that's what makes this defense so much better is because they do have so many, so many different guys who can get after it and, uh, and create some habit. Yeah, and now going on the offensive side of things, Cincinnati's defense has made it really tough on opposing QBs. We saw that in Kansas City um, when they faced uh, the Chiefs. They definitely did not make it easy on Patrick Mahomes to uh, to get things rolling for this Kansas City offense, and that's why they won uh, in the last second because their defense gave their offense opportunities. So I believe that Ryan Tannehill can make uh, things happen down the field. And with Derek, with the possibility of Derek Henry coming back for this Saturday, I think that this offense uh, we won't be like what uh, happened to Kansas city. Like, I think they're going to um, there's, I think that they can elude this, uh, this, this front four for, for the Bengals and uh, get and make some big plays down the field and put themselves in a really good spot. Yeah, and I think it kind of starts with the running game and being able to have success there and become less predictable. And, you know, barring a setback, I mean, I expect Derrick Henry to play, uh, you know, how many carries he gets, you know, just how effective he is. I mean, I think a lot of that kind of remains to be seen. But, um, but you know, based on how he's looked in practices and based on the time he's had to recover, I mean, I expect him to – to, to look good and to play well. Deontay Foreman's going to obviously continue to be a part of it. But if the Titans can run the ball and, uh, you know, get themselves in a position where they're, uh, you know, they're in second and, you know, manageable and third and short situations, then that's when you can kind of take chances and, and, uh, and take advantage of some things on the other side of the football. The Bengals have had, you know, they've had some success. They've been good against a run. They did suffer some key injuries in this game this past week against the Raiders that will yep, certainly yep. – and their interior D-line. Uh, and the Titans have got to be able to take advantage of that. Um, but I, I think the Titans and uh, and Tannehill and, and a lot of these guys who have playoff experience, I think they'll they'll be able to, to use that to build some positive stuff on. On that note, Jim, I have a question. I saw a statistic. I can't remember who shared it or if it was – maybe even you, um, but of all the players that are on the 53-man roster, there's a good percentage of them that have playoff experience. Do you do you know anything? About, I mean, I'm sure you do. I did, yeah. Um, I actually tweeted that out. Yeah, That was you. Last. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think, it, I think it was 35 off the top of my head. I've got the release. Yeah, wow. Five of the 53 have played in a playoff game before. Uh uh, that's exactly right. 35 and 53 on the roster as of January the 16th. And, you know, some of these guys, Morgan Cox leads the way with 10, but Ben Jones, nine, Julio Jones, eight, Southfold, eight, Kevin Byard, six, Bud Dupree, six, Kim, you know, Brett Kern, six. I mean, that helps. I mean, Tanny it does. Yeah. Games and he has experience in it. The bottom list, there's some guys that have not, but um, I think, you know, the Bengals, you know, who, uh, who won their first playoff game in 31 years, and these guys are not mm-hmm. used to uh, a lot of these games. I think I think that helps you. Doesn't guarantee anything. I mean, you've still got to play well. I think the key for the Titans is not to 
to turn it over, not to make it easy on them because, mm-hmm. you know, to the Titans have, you know, really blown games against the Texans. They turned it over five times against the Steelers, turned it over four times. Mm-hmm. The Titans, those games, you know, it's going to be tough to win. And, and you would think a, a veteran team with playoff experience would be able to avoid having some of that happen. At least that's the hope. Yeah. And what you said, um, what you said about um, Cincinnati uh, last last week against the Raiders, they made it tough uh, on this Raiders team to uh, just really generate something and um, gain momentum. They had them locked up and they weren't, they were forcing turnovers from Derek Carr. So I think that that's, that's a really big factor on why they won. And I definitely think that this Titans team cannot allow that to happen because uh, in the Ravens game last year, they, they really struggled get, getting some momentum and they turned it over a few times and that, um, that led to uh, them exiting in the first round. So that def, um, I think that they need to, um, what's, what's the word? Oh yeah. They need to not, not turn the ball over as much as the Raiders did against the Bengals. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, there's pressure that goes with being the number one seed and being, you know, kind of ex- being expected to win. I mean, you know, we've seen number one seeds come up short. I mean, the Titans went to Baltimore a couple of years ago and knocked them off as a one. I've covered this team, you know, since the beginning and twice the Titans have been the number one seed back in 2000, back in the 2000 season, back in the 2008 season. And they lost in the first round of the playoff both times. And some of those were because of mistakes like the 2000 season you know, ended with great disappointment because of a lot of mistakes on special teams and turnovers in that game. And then 2008, they turned the ball over, I think, three times. Uh, you know, Algie Crump had a fumble. I think Lindell White had a fumble. They, you know, they, they lost that game late. And so those are the things you can't do. I mean, you, you can't make it easy on the other team. You want to be the team that's kind of creating the mistakes. And, uh, and I think the Titans are going to need to do that. Well, we think it's our year. We think it's the Titans year. We say ours because, you know, we're we're a part of the family. <laughs> Any Titans fan is a part of the Titans family. Um, but Kaysen was born in 2008. And so now we're we're back here. But I think that all of the the progress and the momentum and the building that the team has been doing for years now, I think it's I, I don't know. I feel really good about it. Always coming in cautiously optimistic because things could happen and things could derail quickly, but I don't know. I see, I personally, I think I just, I see a difference with these players and it, it's from, you know, coaching staff, everybody it's, there's a fire. I, I feel the fire. If that's even, I, I, I can only imagine what it's like for you being on the sidelines during practice. Are you getting that same feeling back as far as watching the players go through what they do? Well, I mean, I think it's a focused team. I mean, they have fun. Yeah. You know, stretch, we're, you know, dancing and, and having a good time. And then things get serious. Once the stretch mm-hmm. period's over with, you have a team huddle and it's okay to do your job and be on point. And, you know, guys are not goofing around out here. I mean, you can tell there's a big difference once you hit playoff mode. Not that guys are goofing around during the regular season, but there's a, you know, there's a pressure and there's, uh, you know, there is the need to be on point and to not have any lapses uh, and not give your give yourself any reason to to have doubt going in 
to Saturday. And I, I do think this is a confident team. I think it will be a team that's very well prepared. Got a good head coach in Mike Vrabel, who has been coach of the this. year. We think. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. yeah. I mean, he, and he's been through this as a player and as a coach. I mean, he kind of knows how to to press the right buttons and get the team ready. So, um, still got to play well. I mean, that's what it all boils yeah. down to. Be prepared, you can feel good about things, but then if you you know, if you don't execute on, you know, game day, then you're, you're going to be home watching, you know, the championship games the following weekend. So um, that's the hope is you just try to put yourself in the best position you can to be ready for Saturday. And going back to what you said about um, coach of the year, mom, uh, the, um, the Cincinnati Bengals have definitely their coach, Zach Taylor has definitely turned this franchise around and he's a big uh, coach of the year candidate as well. So it'll be interesting to see how um, with these two uh, coaches that have that have uh, turned around their franchises. Um, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how these uh, teams are going to uh, face off against each other. Yeah, and Zach Taylor's done a great job, and there are a lot of coaches that have done a good job across the league. But it's hard for me to 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 think of someone who has done a better job than Mike Vrabel, who who has played with 91 different players this year, which is an NFL record. Incredible. Without the team's you know, top offensive player and Derrick Henry half the season, you know, the adversity this team's had to deal with and then the success they've had and beating so many teams and went to the playoffs last year and beating you know, some of the best teams in the league you know, this year. I mean, I, I know you usually look ahead to this weekend's games. Everybody's talking about the Bills Chiefs as being, hey, this is the real AFC championship game here. Well, Titans beat both those teams. And yeah, uh, yep. really good teams this year. I mean, look at who's still alive in the playoffs. And you see the Titans have wins over a lot of those teams. So it uh, doesn't mean anything now, but if, if the if the head coach of the year award is gone to what you've done, what you do in the regular season, I mean, Mike Brabel's, you know, I think he deserves it. He doesn't care. I, mean, I, I think his you know, every time he's been asked about it, he kind of deflects it somewhere else. I mean, I, I, what yeah. it, when a head coach of the year candidate means your team has had a good year, and they're not giving those things out to Urban Meyer uh, or, or some of these coaches who have been fired or or mm-hmm. whose team limped to the. They're giving out to to teams who have had great years, and yes. and, and the time had a great year, and I think that's why he'll take pride in it, not because it's an individual award, but because. It means the team's done well. Yeah. We love that about Coach Frabel. Yeah. He's all in just, on the team. Just his will to win and the fact that he doesn't really care about this award stuff. He just wants to get his team to the ultimate goal. And we'll see that. And I know he's and it's gonna be an extreme disappointment to him and everybody else if they if they lose on Saturday. So that's all that he's worried about right now. I guarantee yeah. you that. Well, we're gonna bring the noise. On Saturday, we yeah, know we're that be the yelling. Titans fans are going to bring the noise too. We're going to be yelling our uh, hearts out. <laughs> we're we're, we're pretty sure that they'll be able to hear us down in the field yeah. from where we're sitting. <laughs> and if they can't, we got to get louder. That's right. Uh, yeah. So we wanted to kind of transition over from playoff talk to Britches Report. So okay. we mention the Britches Report every week, and you uh, have so kindly shared a little audio clip with us that we we share with our listener. And in just noticing on uh, Twitter in particular, it's really become a phenomenon and something that <laughs> the Titans fans can't get enough of hashtag Britches report. And so even last night you, you shared it during the uh, playoff game between the Cardinals 
and the Chargers. And I mean the Rams. I mean the Rams. Sorry, the LA thing gets me every time. Um, but yeah, so between the Rams and the Cardinals, and it was like, oh, it gave us something to look forward to in the middle of this horrible game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just what are your thoughts on how it has just kind of uh taken on a whole life of its own? And we've talked about it in the past of how that uh how you get the information, but can you kind of share that again with our listener? Just you know how how it all started. Yeah, well, the 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 it is funny how it has taken off. Like I run into people, you know, at games and fans of the team that will see me and and oh man, I love your British reports, your wardrobe. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I I don't have to really write a thing or tweet all week as long as I'm doing that British report. People think I'm doing my job. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I never thought it would would take off like it has and to be known as the britches guy because, uh, you know, that's not a term that I necessarily use in my everyday life necessarily. Like my wife always asking me, you know, how's she looking this outfit? Well, what are you going to wear? And I don't say I'm wearing, you know, blue shirt and, you know, khaki britches. Uh, (laughs) I said wear khakis and, you know, whatever, wear my cargo shorts. But, but I start, you know, I remember Larry Munson, who was the play-by-play man of the Georgia Bulldogs, and he used to always talk about the Bulldogs wearing, you know, the silver britches. So it was always I remember kind of, that since I was a kid. And I, I worked for the Tennessean for a long time, covering the team. And when I started working for the Titans in 2015, I thought it would be cool to to kind of put out what the team's wearing uh, wearing each week. And uh, so I started doing that, and uh, I got the information. I don't necessarily want to say where I'm where I get it from because I don't want anybody trying to undercut me, uh, get caught with my britches down uh, one day. <laughs> I steal in the britches report, but so um well britches so, get, what is it the snitches get britches or britches yeah. snitches britches <laughs> britches snitches get stitches. Britches snitches yeah. get stitches. <laughs> yeah. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. Actually not ten times fast. <laughs> you may so, use that. So, yes. So I, so I started putting out, you know, the Titans wearing, you know, blue. Before I first started doing it, I just had a little fun with it. The Titans going to wear blue, you know, navy blue jerseys with white pants, you know, against the Bengals. Or then I maybe would say the Titans wearing, you know, navy blue jerseys with, you know, white trousers the next week. Then, you know, navy blue jerseys with white, you know, uh, any words you can think of for pants, you know, britches, you know, knickers. I mean, and, and, yeah. Yeah, and and then there's one time I threw out britches uh, with it, and it just kind of took off. I mean, everybody reacted to it like it was the. I don't know. If they thought they were laughing at me because I was use, using the word britches, but people, you know, <laughs> people don't you know enjoyed it. So I stuck with the britches. It stuck, you know, from that day moving forward. It's all I ever use. Sometime, you know, I still kind of stick to that wardrobe check because that's. That's kind of how it all originated. That's what I called it, but it is slowly yeah. kind of the hashtag Britches Report. And maybe one day I'll just completely transition away from the wardrobe check and go to the Britches Report because it's more than just the Britches. The wardrobe check involves also sometimes socks or mm-hmm. jerseys. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, that's what I use, and, and it, it has been fun to kind of see people get so excited about it. You know, it's funny sometimes during the week leading up to games, I'll have fans of the other team. 
uh, you know, that will follow me and mm-hmm. and they'll see mm-hmm. me use the term britches. And they're like, hey, who is this hillbilly? You know, <laughs> britches is like, they, they can't believe something. They say, I heard this. That, that says my great grandfather used to use the word britches back in the 50s or whatever. So uh, I, it just kind of has become a thing. Uh, again, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoy the, the fact that Titans uh, fans like it so much. And um, and they get juiced by it. I mean, it, it does seem like uh, you know, it gives a little wave of energy midweek. It does. And you can't please everybody. If you if you tweet out that they're wearing all navy, and you got a lot of people upset that they're not wearing all white. If you tweet that they're wearing, you know, you know, certain color britches, people think they should have. Well, they should have worn this. So uh, it's always it always creates a lot of debate on, on top of everything else. Well, I think it just extends the conversation even more. That and, and to me, it just continues to draw attention to it's the Titans, and it doesn't matter what we wear. It's a it's if it's a win in whatever that combination is. It's a win. It's a winning combination. So yeah, you're yeah, right. People see, can't ever be other people, Yeah, other people have used that term, and and I've seen people bring that to my attention. Like, hey, you're trying to steal, you know, you're trying to steal Jim's britches. Uh, uh, lingo here. So people have got my back on the bridge. Report That's right. Too. Titans fans have you. <laughs> Again, <laughs> britches snitches get stitches. Britches snitches get stitches. Britches snitches yeah. get stitches. Britches <laughs> snitches get stitches. I stumbled at the last part. <laughs> so, snitches. I actually had back in the day, I had a Titan. This is again back when I was with the Tennessean and I had to write stuff that stirred people up a little bit more. I won't name the player, but I actually had a player tell me and I was kind of barking they thought I was barking down the wrong tree or being hard on a certain player. They actually, one of them told me, snitches get stitches, you know, <laughs> talking about uh, uh, me. And uh, so that, that, that one, that one, uh, that one hits home with me. Uh, that one <laughs> But now you're in a different place. And so, you know, anyway, so uh, I have to mention uh, our friend, Titans uni tracker, Rob Naylor. He started his, uh, Twitter account basically and his following of all things Titans Uni and he is usually right behind you coming out with statistics and you know really kind of trying to keep that um, oh what am I trying to say keep that little momentum trying to I'm yeah trying to build thank you mm-hmm. yep and so it's it's been kind of cool to see how his following has grown based on, you know, he's coming in supporting you with those, those britches and, or the britches report. So yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. So we had to, of course, kind of share with our listener a little bit more, you know, in case we haven't caught up, because I think our last conversation with you in person was back in October of 2020. It's been a while. So we're, yes, and I know I saw you guys maybe, uh, was that at the Colts game? I know. Yeah, the Colts game. Well, no, so we did a, a live or like our our last Zoom conversation when you were on the podcast was in October 2020. But we've okay, seen you okay. at at um, let me see, we saw you at the Colts game, mm-hmm. and I, I know I saw you, you at the Chiefs game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which was yeah, so that was an amazing experience. So, but you were outstanding. Uh, you know, oh, with, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Legendary status. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, wow. High five to that. High five. <laughs> Approved by Mr. Jim. <laughs> I know. I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm a little speechless, but thank you very much. That means a lot. I could not have done that myself. That's a lot of pressure. You nailed it. Oh, dude. It was, uh, it was intense, but I was, you know, Matt Rogers, shout out to Matt Rogers. He just made me feel so welcome him and David Schindler and the whole team right there in the, in the booth. And, you know, I was like, this is, I'm just going to shoot my shot. And I'm, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And from what I understand, I have, uh, made NFL history by being the first female to announce any sort of PA or have any sort of PA responsibilities in a live NFL game. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. It's crazy, <laughs> but always, uh, yeah, I still, I still think about it and get, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we thank you for taking the time. We didn't you so expect much. that you would be able to, uh, you know, have so much time considering what you have going on. So we are very, very grateful. You were able to to stop the world for a minute and have a conversation with us. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope it's a good, uh, hope you guys have a good week and hope it's a good day on Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be a let's great hope, day. Let's hope next Sunday we'll be playing uh, the Sunday after Saturday. Be a lot of fun. Yep. Be a lot of fun. Hopefully it, it, it's one thing I've learned is, uh, you know, covering the NFL, just the suddenness when it ends, it's like hard to believe it's over. So I'm not ready to have that feeling yet. I'm, I'm kind of in the mindset of, okay, we got a game this week. It'll be a game next week, It'll be a game a couple of weeks after that. And, uh, so hopefully that happens. I've had that. Yeah. You have that feeling every year when the playoffs starts. I know everybody has that feeling. So now the key is to kind of make it a reality. Does it feel a little different this year for you as opposed to the other years? Like, like you don't feel yeah, like. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, I do feel like this is a team that's, that's, that certainly has shown it has a little magic to it. And, uh, and, um, but you know, got, again, you got to play well and, and hopefully that'll happen this weekend. And what does coach Max say? He said that he says that every game is a playoff game pretty much, no yeah. matter, even if it's during the regular season, yes. it's, it's its own Super Bowl. I can't remember his exact quote, but it's like everyone counts. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on and having a quick chat with us. We're really thankful to have you on. Do I get a horn going out the door? Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes, absolutely. we got to have a horn going out the okay, door. Okay. Exit horn. There we go. There we go. Thanks so much, Jim. Thank you so much. Well, that was an awesome conversation with Mr. Jim. I loved listening to you, Kaysen, honestly, have this conversation with such knowledge of what's going on. And Jim was, you know, responding right back. And yeah. you guys were having, uh, like I said, it was just really in-depth. And I was very proud of you. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that's my kid. He's growing up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I'm very happy, you know, that, and you are just, you know, you continue to impress me. And so... Great job on that. Thank you. High five to that. You know, it's funny. We talked Britch's report with Mr. Jim, and I loved the, uh, I think I should make it a hashtag. Um, what was it? Britch's, Britch's report. Snitches, Britch's uh, snitches get stitches. Yeah. That was very funny. Um, I, I tried to say it three times fast, but I, I know. left up on the third time. <laughs> it, it's funny because 
you know, it, it really has taken off. And we would like to give a shout out to Titans Uni Tracker also on how he has just continued to grow his following. Uh, that's Rob Naylor at Titans Uni on Twitter and Instagram, at J. Wyatt Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And it's very secretive on how he gets his information. He wouldn't even tell us. <laughs> and he gets it. And uh, it, I love that the fans, us included, were very protective of the Bridges report. But it was cool to to listen to that story again and how it got shared. But yeah. the one thing we forgot to do is have him do a live Bridges report. I know. Because yeah. he, re, he pre-records the uh, Bridges report every week. And so we'll go ahead and play that now. This is Jim White of TennesseeTitans.com. And this week's Bridges report is Navy jerseys and Navy britches. Listener, you know I love the monochromatic Navy. I love the monochromatic look. And I think this is going to be another winning combination. What are your thoughts? Last year, when we wore the all-navy, it did not, unfortunately, did not uh, go in the way we wanted it to. But still, this is an awesome combination to see in the playoffs, and especially in that midday sun, the when the sun's setting, that'll be really cool to see. I'm just really excited to see it, and I think it's a really cool playoff combination. You know, we are have actually had a winning record, and according to Titans Uni, he shared with me that we are 10-3 and three at home in this uniform combination wow. since the redesign. Wow. Yeah. In regular season or all time? All time. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And that Coach Vrabel and the Titans are 8-0 and o after a bye week. So all right. A little bit of right. Titans trivia thrown right in there at the end. Yeah. So thank you again to Mr. Jim Wyatt for dropping by the show today. And we're hoping that, fingers crossed, we will have him on the show again next week for more playoff coverage. And maybe talks about a potential Titans versus Chiefs rematch or Titans versus uh, Bills AFC Championship game. That would be something. I'm here for it. What What would you be, like to see more, Titans versus Chiefs or Titans versus Bills? Hmm. I'm going to have to say Titans Chiefs. Yeah, I can see that. Because, because a rematch. It's a, a revenge game. Yeah, that, that game was probably the most heartbreaking scene, uh, thing I've ever seen in my life. So. It was terribly sad. But I don't, I don't even want to know how, you, how all you uh, old Titans fans felt after the tackle in the Super Bowl. Like that. No, thank you. I don't if want that to that. <laughs> It was heartbreaking. Yeah. It was, it was almost as heartbreaking as it was watching the AFC Championship. Game. I was, uh, I'm just going to say this. I was actually crying. Aww. I remember. I I was just so I was I just know. so upset. I remember. Upset. I was crying too. Yeah, we were both right there together. Yeah, it it's hard. Like when your team has gone so far and that happens, so mm-hmm. that's definitely heartbreak. But I think the guys are ready to move on past that this year. Yep, just like our conversation with Mr. Jim Wyatt said. Yeah. You know, um, he believes, and we all believe. Yeah. Well, listener, our show isn't over. Like we promised at the beginning of this episode, we have another very special guest. And we think that you are going to enjoy getting to know this person. Who is it? Again? Brett Kern. That's right. Titan Spawner. We're back with a new episode in our, in our My Life As series where we talk to people that I think have cool jobs in the world of sports. Our guest today in our virtual studio is a part-time weather enthusiast and full-time football player. His kicks are known around the National Football League as some of the most legendary ever. He's a three-time Pro Bowler and the best punter in the league. 
He's the one, the only, Brett Kern of the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. Well, well, welcome to the show, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. I love the uh, sound effects there. Nothing like <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you. We're Well, we're pumped to have you on. This is our second uh, player interview, so we're nervous, um, <laughs> and uh, we're also super excited. Who was right. first? I think Elijah was Elijah first. Molden. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Good kid. Young kid. Good kid. Yeah. Yes. Um, we interviewed him before the, uh, the season started. So I think he's back in July. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably his first year, my first year in the league, he was probably still in diapers. So. <laughs> so when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Yeah. Uh, I was a kid. Well, sports were really important to me. Played a lot of sports. Um, Played a lot of soccer, ice hockey, basketball, that kind of stuff. And I didn't start football till I was um, sophomore in high school. So, uh, but what really, you know, piqued my interest was growing up in, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we got a lot of different weather. We got a lot of snow. Um, actually, my parents, my mom just sent me a picture. They got two feet the other day. So, really? um, yeah, so we, wow. we, can, wow. we can pack some snow up there and uh, so weather was just always something I really, uh, was interested in. So I thought maybe, uh, a weatherman, uh, would be kind of cool and, uh, went to school for it. And then as football kind of started to take over a little bit, um, you know, I obviously focused a little bit more on football and, and, uh, but I thought being a weatherman would, would be pretty cool. I thought that is pretty cool. Like, uh, seeing, like seeing the different types of things that can go, that can happen in, in these, in the clouds and, uh, and it's just and just kind of predict what's going to happen next. That's that seems like a really cool job. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about that. You we actually found that you did a podcast with the Weather Channel a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. so we're going to kind of direct our listener to that if they want to hear more about it because it was really in depth, and I found it really. Um, I just had no idea how much the weather can impact what you do. Um, and so what kind of prep do you do personally during the week and on a game day, whether it's rain or shine? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I have multiple weather apps on my phone. Um, just understanding, you know, different temperatures allow the ball to go certain hang times, certain distances, um, understanding the wind in a stadium, uh, trying to always use that to your advantage when you're, when you're kicking or you're punting, uh, you never, you never really want to fight it, uh, especially, as it gets colder out, the ball doesn't travel as far. So, um, thankfully, I've played in every NFL stadium. Um, I got film on, uh, you know, me playing there. And so, you know, you just look at the weather forecast and, you know, what what the wind's going to be and um, the temperature, if there's going to be rain or not. And so you can go back and watch other games and, and look at their weather report and kind of see what other punters and kickers did uh, throughout the game. So that way – you know, leading up to a game, you can say, Hey, there's a good chance that the wind's going to be right to left. And I should be working on, you know, punting left a little bit more this week than maybe punting, right. Um, different types of punts in different situations. So, um, yeah, I definitely spent a lot of time on those weather apps and, uh, just try to use it to the best of, of my advantage. Definitely seems like being a punter, there's a lot more to it than, the, than just kicking the ball. You also, you have to see the wind, how, how hard the wind is. And you also have to see um, how the temperature can affect the ball, because if it's colder, it, the ball can be a lot more harder. 
and yeah. uh, then when it's like uh, warmer. So it definitely is a lot more than just kicking a ball. Yeah. And when you play, you know, you play indoors, you know, if we're at Indy or Houston, um, you know, there's no wind, uh, it's perfect temperature. You can, you can kind of open up your, your bag of tricks a little bit more uh, as far as how you want to punt and, and whatnot. And then as it gets colder, maybe if it's more uh, windy, uh, maybe some rain, then you, then you kind of have to to peel it back a little bit and and do um, use the punts that you're more comfortable with and, and punts that you could be successful with. I found it fascinating from that um, that podcast is that I never knew there was balls specifically for kickers and then there's yeah. balls for the quarterback. So that is really interesting. And you don't have access to those balls until when? Uh, so Matt Thompson, he's our, uh, he's one of our equipment guys. He's been shout out to Matt Thompson been here. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Matt Thompson, best in the league. Um, so he gets the balls two hours before the game starts. Uh, and he gets, I think an hour to break them in. So they're fresh out of the box. Uh, he gets an hour. Yeah. He gets an hour to break them in. Whereas, you know, Ryan and, you know, Tannehill and the other guys, um, they might be prepping balls three, four weeks out. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole Joey Branco shout out to Joey. He does <laughs> the quarterback balls and all that kind of stuff. But Matt nice. is our game day guy. Um, and sometimes you get balls that are, that Matt looks at him. He says, this is going to be a great ball. And then there's other times where he gets them and it's just, you get them out of the box and they look, they look awful. So um, he's very good at his job, but yeah, it's, um, it's quite the process. No, it's a cool behind yeah. the scenes thing that, uh, that I thought was really cool. Okay. So believe it or not, we, we played catch together back in June of 2019 during OTAs. And that was, that was honestly an incredible experience. So I just want to say thank you so much that that will always hold a special place in my heart. And I'm just so, so grateful that I got to share that moment. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I think I remember you chucking the pigskin around a little bit. So it's, uh, he had a number eight Jersey. For the 2008 when he was born, and then it said Romero on the back. And as a mom, just watching this happen, I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful!" And (laughs) we're just, uh, you know, can't say enough thank yous for that too, because that really, you know, pumped him up. And he, you know, he'll still talk about that now and again. And then when we found out we were going to be able to have a conversation with you today, he's like, "We've got to talk about that." So. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I grew up a Bills fan just being from Buffalo and, and yeah. going to a game, and, you know, just one of the players coming over and giving you a high five. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I think I was 10, 11 years old and just how much that impacted me. And and so whether it's playing catch with somebody or, you know, giving them a ball after the game mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. anything like that, it's just, that's the least you can do, you know, we appreciate it. It was yeah, awesome. That, that was an incredible experience. So there was a hilarious viral video of you recently where Jeffrey Simmons that made it all the way to inside the NFL. It was where he sort of dissed you on the sidelines. We'll play that now. Next time you walk by me without giving me a high five, we're going to have some problems. I don't think big Jeff wants any trouble with you, sir. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, big, big Jeff and I have a great relationship. Um, you know, he's kind of like, uh, that little brother that could just absolutely beat you up at any time, uh, (laughs) but he, but he elects not to. So, um, 
I knew coming off the sidelines, I thought he saw me, but I knew about five yards out that he had absolutely no idea that I was giving him a high five. So I just kind of uh, kept the pose and, um, you know, that's just kind of the relationship that, that big Jeff and I have. And, uh, he's a great it. guy you and uh, we joke around, we joke around all the time. So it just happened to get, I had no idea he was mic'd up. <laughs> uh, so it happened just, just the fact that he was mic'd up, he was on camera, but yeah. I mean, something like that for us happens all the time. Cause he it sits was awesome. That was, that was, yeah, he sits on the end of the bench funny. right there. My kicking net is five yards away from him. So I'm always kind of interacting with him right there. Cause we're so close during game day. So that's so cool. That's hilarious. Well, and Nick Zubnar, did I, am I saying his last name correctly? Yeah. Very, very well done. A lot of oh. people butcher his last name. Oh, so. thank you. Well, he, he yeah. didn't leave you hanging. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he had he, your back he, too. <laughs> now he, I know he, that he saw me, he saw me from a good 10, 15 yards away. So, yeah. Oh, um, that was so funny. He was kind of laughing the whole time, especially once Jeff passed me, he, uh, <laughs> he was cracking up pretty good. I think our audience would really like to know what you're doing to get yourself ready for the upcoming AFC divisional game this Saturday against the Bengals. Do you have anything you can share with us? Um, honestly, I'm just doing the same thing that I've done all year. Um, you know, I punt Wednesday, Thursday, I uh, work out at specific times. Um, you know, I cold tub after I kick. Uh, I see um, like a body movement person twice a week, you know, on Tuesdays and Fridays. I mean, my, my routine uh, stays the same, uh, whether it's a preseason game, uh, regular season game or a playoff game. So um, very into my routine. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that my wife makes spaghetti meatballs, uh, tonight or tomorrow night because that's one of my favorite meals nice. so fingers crossed <laughs> yeah so uh she's a heck of a cook so anytime you know she uh she usually asks me what if there's any specific meals that i want during the week uh anything like that so um yeah i just try to keep it the same like i said whether it's preseason regular season playoffs and uh, go have some fun on saturday that's the biggest thing yeah. go have fun yeah um it's it seems like uh playing the game of football it, it's it's very tough, but it also just seems like a lot of guys are just having fun going out there and doing their job. Yeah. It's, um, it's very, it's, it's a very stressful job. I mean, don't get me wrong and physically, mentally demanding. Um, but you know, once the fun's kind of taken out of the game then it, it, it's pretty hard to play. So, uh, if you just kind of keep that perspective of, you know, the same as how I felt when I started in high school and got to college that, um, you know, it's a fun game to play and, uh, you know, you're around some of your best friends that you'll have for the rest of your life playing the game, doing it together and, um, you know, go out there and give it all you got, the best that you got uh, and have fun doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll be in the stands cheering for you. Yeah. So before Love we it. go, we have three questions. I ask each guest. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. So what advice would you give your 13 year old self? My well, 13 year old self. Mm-hmm shoot my son's 12 so um the advice that i give him is to uh find something that you're passionate in uh to have fun doing it um i'm a man of faith so i always encourage him to, to get in his bible uh, to read his word put jesus first and everything that he does um to love his little sisters uh the best that he can um and really just to to try to make a positive impact on people the best that you can that's honestly great advice to anyone who's um, in the middle of the 13, uh, 12 range, because 
a lot's going on. So that's that's just definitely a uh, good advice to give to give to a lot of kids. So was there a mentor or teacher that really inspired you when you were growing up? Oh, uh, uh, my dad, for sure. Um, my dad played professional soccer. So uh, just being able to to pick he, his brain, he never missed a game, uh, was there for every game. Um, so yeah, my dad, we still talk once, twice a week. Uh, my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Stark, cool dude, actually made school fun, which is pretty hard to do in fifth grade, uh, but he did great. Uh, and then my football coaches, you know, in high school, um, Coach Santorio, Coach Stauffer, Coach Steck. Um, it was really cool. I was able to bring him down to when I made the Pro Bowl my first year, and they all got to come down and kind of experience the week and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, there's definitely been people along the way, uh, you know, whether it's high school, college, uh, here at the professional level, just people that are older than me, uh, smarter than me, wiser than me that I just kind of look to and seek wisdom from them and uh, kind of like how they've done life, whether it's through parenting or, um, you know, just the mental mindset of playing this game. And uh, so I've, I've definitely always had people in my life that I look up to. That That's really cool. And I do have one question. You said your dad pre- played professional soccer. Do you remember what team he played for? Yeah, so he played for Rochester and Toronto and mm. uh, way back in the 70s. And um, he was playing in a game. He's 26 years old, playing in a game. He was a goalie, slid out. Guy slid into his knee and uh, shattered his kneecap. So he was oh, wow. done playing soccer at 26. So, oh, no. um, yeah, pretty crazy. But that's how he met met my mom. So it's all good. <laughs> that is a good so thing. So here is our final question. It has stumped a lot of people. Pizza or steak? Okay, well. You cannot choose pizza on steak. Wait, steak on no, pizza. No, I know. I understand that. Um, <laughs> this is this is the thing. So growing up in Buffalo, we're known for pizza and wings. And uh, I've just had a really hard time finding a really good pizza place down here just because the pizza up there is just, it's unique. It's delicious. Um, so for me, I'm a sucker for a really good piece of pizza, some wings. Um, and that is, just, I mean, don't get me wrong. The steak's good, but man, some pizza and wings are just... Mm. So good. Perfection. <laughs> they are they are really good, especially the uh Buffalo style wings and the Buffalo chicken pizza. That's that that definitely hits the spot for me. Please like don't don't tell me like, hey, my spot's Buffalo Wild Wings, or man, I love Papa John's. <laughs> no, no, you know, <laughs> you know that ain't it. <laughs> um all right. Well, thank you so much for take uh for taking time on the show today. Uh it was just really great to talk to you. So we just want to say thank you so much. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, enjoy Saturday. Be looking forward to hearing y'all cheer uh, nice and loud. We're going to be screaming from be, the top. We're going to be cheering for you. Yep. Good thing you'll have Sunday to recover before school until your teachers ask <laughs> you a question on Monday and you don't have a voice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. That was awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you so we'll much. We'll be cheering for you. Tighten Hope you up. get spaghetti tonight. Appreciate it. Still completely blown away that we just had that conversation with Brett Kern. Yeah. One of the nicest, most laid back people. Yeah. Um, I'm still so grateful that he was able to come on the show because that was just an awesome conversation. So we just want to say shout out to Brett Kern. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we just had a blast. What was the thing that stood out the most for you? from the conversation. The fact that he didn't even play football until a sophomore year in high school. He played, uh, again, he played ice hockey. He played uh, soccer. 
So that's just something really interesting to hear about, the fact that he wasn't in football his whole life, and he was into other sports. And it also kind of makes sense that he played soccer, as he said, because his dad was a professional soccer player. And that also leads into why he's a punter, because kickers have also been soccer players when they were kids, so that, that makes sense. I thought it was really cool of the advice that he shared with you or the advice that he gives his son Bryce, and also, too, that he was so he's so connected with the weather, but he had a very short window of time. He was gonna he was in between meetings, and we would love to have asked him more. And he said he'd come back on the show in the off season with his son Bryce. That's, which will be awesome. That's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. During the Pro Bowl, Bryce was actually on the practice field with his dad, serving as a kid reporter, talking to the other players and doing cool stuff behind the scenes with the Titans when Brett went in 2020. Wow. And he, I think, and also in 2019. Hmm. So, yeah, pretty cool. So shout out again to Brett Kern, to Jim Wyatt, to Titans Uni Tracker. You guys have made this episode really amazing, and we are grateful for you, listener, for you tuning in every week. And be sure to find us if you are listening for the first time. You found us somehow. Maybe it's from TennesseeTitans.com. But we're going to ask you if you please rate and review the show on Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Tell us what you think. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. So you can find our show on Instagram at Titans Talk with Kaysen, and you can find my mom on Twitter at I am Zap Girl. That's me. <laughs> it is. All right. Do you know one thing we forgot to do? I'm so, I can't even believe it. We forgot to say tighten up with Brett and with Jim. Oh, yeah. anyway, can we do a retrofit tighten up? Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. There we go. You got a little hype for us? Yeah. It's a big game at Nissan Stadium. Our first AFC Divisional game at Nissan since the 2008 season. We're not going to repeat that how that season ended. We're going to go to the championship game. We're going to show the league who we are. We are the Titans. Let's go. Tighten up. Tighten up. I love it. Oh, I'm here for it. Good job, dude. Let's close this out. All right, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is Kason and Carrie signing off. But don't forget to... Tighten up and be Tennessee tough and advance to the championship. Woo! And beat the Bengals.